Welcome to the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Today, we're in the middle of our relationship series called It's Complicated. We all have them, we all love them, but sometimes relationships can be very complicated. In this series, we are going to look at all different types of relationships and how we can trust in the Lord to help us with them. Thank you for spending time with us today, and we hope you enjoy the message from the series, It's Complicated. All right. Well, hey, good to see everybody again. Again, my name is Jason. So honored that you're watching with us online. If you're just tuning in today, we are actually in the middle of a relationship series that we are calling It's Complicated. It's Complicated because I don't know about you, but sometimes relationships can be a little complicated. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's your, your marriage, if it's your, your kids, it doesn't matter if it's a, a friendship. Sometimes our relationships can get a little complicated. And so, but here's the deal. Uh, do me a favor this morning. If, if you think that this series is only about marriage, then don't turn the dial. You know, hold up, wait a minute. Just stay, stay tuned in real quick because this series is not just about marriage. It's about all of our relationships and how we can get better. Uh, there's a lot of different relationships that we're gonna be talking about in this series, and we're focusing on how to be better in all of them. And so in this series, we're really looking at God, what God's word says and how we can apply it to our lives and our relationships and get better in every single way. Uh, one of the fun things that we're gonna be doing in the last Sunday of this month is that we are going to be answering some of your questions. My wife and I are gonna take some time and, and take some, some questions that you guys have and begin to answer them uh, based on what God's word says. And so the phone number, it's gonna be up on the screen, but it's 248-841-8758. And, and this is a private line. You know, the, nobody's gonna know it's you texting, don't worry. But you can text in your question. Say, hey, this is something I'd love for you to, to respond to, I'd love to, you to answer to, and we'd love to know, get a little more information on that. And my wife and I are going to do our best on that last Sunday of the month. And we're going to answer all of your questions. And I'm excited about that. But, but here's the deal. I said this a couple weeks ago. And that is that we are going to do our best to answer every question, not based on our opinion, but we're going to answer that question based on what God's word says. And if God's word doesn't speak specifically to your question, we're going to apply godly principles to your question, and so we can answer it the best way that God has for you and get those questions answered. So text in your questions. Don't feel shy. Go ahead. We're excited to, to answer. We already had a bunch come in, but continue to send us your questions because we're excited about it. But like I said, we're, we're in a series called It's Complicated. And a lot of times, man, our, our relationships just get complicated over time, don't they? Like, there's just sometimes in our marriage, you know, we, we're in our marriage for a few years, and sometimes we start to fight a little bit. We get a little complicated there. Sometimes with our children, as they get older, you know, we get a little complicated with our, with our children, our, our work relationships, friendships, in-laws. I mean, there are so many relationships that we're talking about today that it can get complicated over time. But what happens, what I realize is a lot of times that the reason why maybe some of our relationships get complicated is because I think there is this thing called that where we have, we have our expectation of what we think the relationship's going to look like, and then we have our experience of what it really is. 
So we have our, this ex- expectation of what we think our marriage is going to look like, what we think our kids, how our kids are going to behave, how, how our in-laws will behave, how, how our, that work relationship will behave. And, and then we actually experience something. And there's a lot difference usually from our experience and our expectation. And, and the gap in between that is what I call the, the frustration gap. That we can, we can get this frustration based on what our experience and our expectation is. And it's in that gap that we can really, things start to get complicated. It's like in that gap, we start to look at things and go, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Like, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but before the whole stay-at-home quarantine thing happened, maybe you went to a restaurant one time that was really talked up to you. Maybe some friends were like, hey, You gotta try this new restaurant in town. This new restaurant's amazing. Like, you gotta go check this place out. And it it was hyped up to you. And then you went to the restaurant. You walked in there and you're like, okay. You ordered a meal and the meal was just, eh, just, it's okay. Like, the hype was way more hyped than what I really experienced. And then you can kind of get this moment where you're like, well, uh, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It's funny, my first year in marriage, uh, when our, my wife and I were celebrating our very first anniversary, we decided to take a little you know, one-year anniversary trip to Niagara Falls. And so we got in the car and we drove up to uh, Niagara Falls. And we were so excited about it. And my wife had booked us at a bed and breakfast joint. I don't know if you've ever been to a bed and breakfast, but you know, online, it was this beautiful little like quaint home with all these beautiful, fun little rooms. And and it was beautiful. Everything online was beautiful. And I remember pulling up to the bed and breakfast and, and it wasn't in the safest part of town. Let me just say that. And I'm like, are we, can we leave our car here? Is it going to be okay? And as I kind of like looked at this place, it looked like it had no beds and it definitely had no breakfast. I was like, are you serious, honey? You want us to stay here? Like we've only been married a year and like this is where you want us to stay? And I kind of looked at it and was like, uh, I don't think so. We're going to a hotel. And so we got in the car and went to the nearest hotel that had availability. And I'm like, I ain't doing that. We're canceling our reservation because, hey, man, I, I, you know, I, I was judging the book by its cover. I didn't even go inside. I just said, no way I'm doing this. And it was like I was kind of frustrated because the, the pictures online made it look a lot better than it was. You know what I'm talking about? Like it wasn't what I expected. And there was a frustration there. Maybe if you're married in this place, ladies, you would understand this. And maybe after you got married, you know, and you, you, your expectation was, wow, you know, the, the, the romance and the gifts and the quality time is going to continue after the marriage. And then after the marriage, a few years into it, you're kind of like, eh, it, it's not what I expected. I thought it would continue. I thought I'd get a little bit better, but uh, where's all the romance? Where's the little chocolates? Where's the date nights? Uh, It's not what I expected. Guys, maybe you were thinking, you know, hey, when I got married, it's going to happen every night of the week, maybe twice a day, maybe even three times on Sunday. Come on, gentlemen. And then you got married, and then you're like, 
yeah, it wasn't really what I expected. It's maybe like on Valentine's Day, maybe every leap year or something. Like it doesn't happen that often. And our, our expectation can kind of fall flat because of our experience that we're having. And that's where the frustration really begins to boil up in a lot of people's relationships. Now, here's the deal. If it happened maybe once, it happened maybe two times, you know, we can, we can get beyond that. But what happens over time is that it happens year after year, week after week, month after month. And that's when things really begin to boil in our lives. Gets, frustration begins to build. Here's what I want you to get to this morning is that, is that marriages don't, don't, don't explode just overnight. Uh, friendships don't splinter just, just, just in a few days. It's a constant season of frustration that is getting built inside of somebody to the point where they do explode. Sometimes when you see somebody explode, you're like, wow, that was kind of crazy. They just exploded. Like, I wasn't expecting that. What are they doing? And, it's, and we think, wow, they just, that's a, out of nowhere. But actually, it's a, probably a long time coming of things getting brewed inside of them that they've never really communicated. You've never really had that conversation. They never really expressed their frustration with their expectation and their experience. And all of a sudden, that's when it begins to explode. And, and so here's the deal. What I want to look at today in our week three of It's Complicated series on relationships you know, last week we learned that you can't control anybody but yourself. My wife did an amazing job last week presenting God's word. And one of her points that she really wanted to hit home is that we can't control that other person. You can't control your spouse. You can't control your kids. You can't control that coworker. You can't control that best friend. You can't control anybody. But the only person that you can control is yourself. And what I want to hammer home today is that maybe the reason why a lot of our relationships are complicated is because maybe there's something going on on the inside of us, of, of, of us personally. I, I said it this way, we can't have a healthy we unless we first have a healthy me. Let me say that again. We, we can't have a healthy we, marriage friendships, office, working relationships. We're not going to have a healthy we until I first get healthy myself, until I have a healthy me. That's what I want to hit home today. And I think there's a better chance that in all of our relationships, they'll get better if I'm getting better, if you as an individual are getting better. If you are bringing a healthy you into every relationship that you have, there's a better chance that that relationship's gonna be healthy. But if you are bringing an unhealthy you, an unhealthy mindset, unhealthy spirituality into a relationship, then the chances are it's gonna, it's gonna, that relationship's gonna be unhealthy as well. And so I want to pack, uh, unpack a few th areas today that I believe are important to a healthy individual, that God's word talks about, that we can be healthy uh, in, in, our, in our lives. Because here's the deal. What I think, I, I, I say this a lot to people, but I say it like this, like the, the fruit of our life is found in the, fruit of our, in the root of our life. The fruit of our life, what we want, is actually found in the root of our life. Like you really want to see what the roots of our life look like, where they are digging deep in and where our roots are at, 
that's really producing the fruit that we want. So if our roots of our life are unhealthy, the chances are the fruit of our life will be unhealthy as well. So we need to look today and every day at the, the roots of our life to see what is healthy and what is not. So if you're taking notes today, let me, I'm gonna talk about four different roots that we can work on as individuals to get better so that we can bring a healthy me into every we relationship that we have. So if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to, to write this down today. Number one, I'm talking about the root of truth. We need to have the root of truth in our life, a healthy root of truth. Now, if, if you've been in church for a while, you may be thinking, well, yeah, amen, pastor. That's you're talking about the word of God right there. Like God's word is truth. We need to be founded in his word. And, and that is absolutely true. But I want to take a little bit of a different angle at it today to kind of help us all see maybe there's something else that we can need some truth in areas of our life. In Hebrews chapter four, it says this. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. Now, let me pause right there for a second. That is why God's word is so much different. God's word is so much different than any other book you could ever read and pick up in your hand. It is alive and it is active. Like, like you can read something that was written 2,000 years ago and all of a sudden read it and be like, I feel like he is speaking directly to me in this current situation, in this current day. And that's because the Bible is alive and active. It, it does that. And at the same time, you can be a Christian your whole life and you can read the same verse 40 years in a row and read it and read it and read it. But then one day, God will do something. The Bible talks about it in like a Greek word called a rhema, where like the word becomes alive to you, or all of a sudden you see this verse that you've been reading your whole life. And then all of a sudden in this moment, it, it just totally takes a new context for you. Like it pops off the, the pages of the, of the scriptures and you're like, oh my goodness, like this is now alive to me. Like this is, this is different. Like that's why the Bible is so much different than any other book you'll ever pick up. He says the word of God is, is alive and active. But he says this, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And this is where I wanna look at today. The specific point in this scripture is what I really wanna look at, where it says it is dividing soul and spirit. It's the, it, like the word of God divides our soul and our spirit. And to really better understand this, it's important to understand how we are made, how God made us. So, so for instance, God, this may be review for some of you people, but some people, this may be new information. So listen in. And that is that, that God has three parts. He, we have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. There's three in one. That's the Trinity the Bible talks about. But at the same time, he created us in his image as well. And so you and I, we're made up of three parts as well. We, are, we have our body, we have our soul, and we have our spirit. Now let's talk about the first one, body for a second. Now, now we all have a body, okay? You may not like the body that you have, but it's your body, okay? That's your body. Like you gotta dance with the one that brought you, okay? That's just it. Like it's your body, that's your body. Um, it, 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 your body though, which is interesting, it, it has an expiration date on it. 
The Bible says that we all live and we die and then we stand before the Lord one day. So our body, you know, is, is, has an expiration date. It is not eternal, okay? The Bible even says that, that we're here one day, gone the next. That your life is like a vapor, like, like we think we have all the time in the world, but actually on the scale of eternity, you know, we're, we're here and then we're gone. It's so quick. So we have a body. We, we, we understand that. We have a, a physical body that we see. But then it also talks about we have a soul. Number two, we have a soul that, that the Bible really hits on and talks about. And your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. And your soul, by the way, has an expiration date as well. Okay, the Bible says that we will get a new body in heaven one day, which I'm excited about. Uh, I'm hoping I get a six pack with some amazing, you know, muscles and whatnot. But we get a new body in heaven. But our soul is different because what happens is, is our soul uh, is constantly uh, fighting against the other thing that happens is our spirit inside of us the spirit of God inside of you and me. The Bible talks about that when actually, when you give your life to Christ, like your spirit becomes alive. Your, your spirit becomes alive for the first time. Like I remember when I gave my life to Jesus for the very first time and I really went sold out and went all in with Christ. I can't explain it. It was just like I had more joy in my life. It was like all of a sudden I had excitement. It was I saw things differently. I wanted to read God's word. I wanted to get closer to him. Like there was something inside of me that, that came alive. Maybe you experienced something like that as well. Maybe you stepped into City Light Church one time or maybe it was a different church or maybe even just watching online where you came to a point when you gave your life to Christ, you gave your life to Jesus and then you're like, wow, there's, when I did that, I felt like something inside of me just came alive. Like, I got excited. It was, it was different. Like, I, like the weight of the world left me. And now I just, I, I see life differently. And, and that's true because the spirit of God actually came alive inside of us. But like I said earlier, once the spirit of God comes alive inside of you, it is constantly at war with your soul. Because here's the deal. Your soul has been programmed over the years that you've been alive before you met Christ to act and behave a certain way. And most of the time, our soul, the way that it wants to act, the way that it wants to live, is completely contrary to where the Spirit of God wants to lead you to. So there's constantly a fight, there's constantly a battle between what God wants to do and you being led by the Holy Spirit, being led to the person that God has created you to be, and then there's this soul part of you that's saying, I don't know if I wanna do that. Like, I'm fighting against that. I don't know if I should. Let me explain it this way. So there may be a time when maybe you were taught your whole life, maybe through childhood, maybe through your parenting, maybe through experience, or maybe something happened where you learned along the way that if somebody hurts me, well, I'm gonna hurt them back. If somebody hurts me and I, I just wait, you better watch your back because there will be a day that I get you back and I'm, I'm gonna get you. But then you come to know Christ. And Jesus says, no, 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 spirit of God inside. He says, no, I want you to forgive them. And you're like, I don't know if I wanna forgive them right now. Like, 
And there's this war that happens and the spirit of God is speaking inside of you saying, no, 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 I'm leading you in a different direction. But your soul is saying, well, I'm struggling with this. It doesn't compute. Why should I forgive when they've hurt me so deep? It's because the spirit of God is trying to reprogram the way that we live and operate in our thinking and emotions. It's the spirit of God trying to do something. Maybe you grew up in a family that said, you know what? Uh, we, we don't like or we hate people that look differently than us and, and have a different skin color than us. And then you meet Christ. And then all of a sudden you understand that, that Jesus loves all the children, all the little children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. Man, they are all precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Like, come on, children's church songs out there. Come on, raising the church, church kid, okay. But you, you understand something, what, wow, that, that hating people and being prejudiced and being, having racism in my heart, that's actually contrary to where the Spirit of God is trying to lead my life. And so now there's this battle between your, our soul and our spirit. And God wants us to understand that he wants something to do new on the inside. He wants to reprogram us to be the person that God is calling us to be. And so sometimes the truth, the root of truth that we need in our lives is coming to the fact where we ask ourselves the question and we get real with ourselves and ask ourselves, what is the true condition of my soul? Like, like what, what is my soul really trying to lead me in? Because your soul, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions, they're going to try to lead you to a life that's contrary to God's word. And sometimes the truth is saying, wow, maybe my soul, maybe my emotions, my will, maybe it's really not leading me to where the Spirit of God wants to lead my life. Maybe I've been listening too much to the, to the, to the soul of my heart, and I'm not listening to the Spirit of God as much, and I'm I'm doing things that, that I never really want to do, but, but the condition of my heart is, is not good. Like, like so let me say it this way. Sometimes you have to dig deep and ask yourself a truthful question. What's really going on on the inside of me? Is my soul healthy? Is my spirit leading me? Or am I just being led by my own desires and things like that? What is going on on the inside? For example, you may... You may be somebody that you know, struggles at, at work and, and maybe you're, you're angry all the time because of things going on at work and you come home and you're angry all the time and, and you're just angry, angry, angry. And yet at the same time, you realize that that's not how I wanna be, but I'm allowing the anger to dictate who I am in all of my other relationships. And, and sometimes you have to get honest with yourself and say, maybe anger's an issue. Maybe I got a, the truth is I've got an anger problem. Or, or maybe at the same time, maybe you live your life for yourself. Maybe somewhere along the way you were programmed, you know, to live life for yourself and to, to look out for you. And, and you take that into every relationship you have. So if you were honest with yourself, maybe you, you would say, I, I, maybe I manipulate my relationships to get what I want because I'm, I'm really selfish on the inside. And I struggle with that. And maybe being the truth is saying, wow, I need to get better at not being so selfish, but looking at the needs of other people and, and saying, how, I'm not in this for just me, but I'm in this to be a blessing to other people as well. And sometimes the truth hurts. 
Like I was thinking about this message today and I said, you know what? This probably won't be the most popular message that people hear this week or this month, but it's probably the most needed. It's probably the most needed because we have to make sure that if we want to get healthy, if we want to bring a healthy me into our healthy we relationships, then we have to be truthful and honest with ourselves and, and ask ourselves some really hard questions. One of the hardest questions you can ever ask yourself that I ask myself all the time is, is man, how do other people perceive me? How do other people perceive you? And, and, and it's a great question to even ask those around you. If you are a leading a company, if you're a leading a group of people at your work, if, you are, if you're married, if you have friendships in any relationship, it's great to ask them this question. How do other people perceive me? And then just sit there and listen to their response. Don't argue. Don't try to refute them. Don't try to get it back up and defend yourself. Just listen because sometimes the truth is what you need. Because if you heard that, Man, you, you're, you're selfish. You, you always look out for yourself. You don't really care about the other people you're working with. Wouldn't you want to get better if, if that's how you were perceived? If, if your wife or, or husband said, man, you're always angry. Like, I, don't even, I can't talk to you because you'll explode if I try to bring something up. Well, don't you want that truth so you can say, I don't want to be perceived that way. I don't want to be an angry person all the time. I need the truth of God's word in my life so that I can get better as an individual. We need the spirit, the root of truth in our life so that we can become a healthy me that God has called us to be. I love it because in Psalms 139, David wrote it this way. He said, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. He's basically saying, God, search me like like, search my heart, search what's going on. And this was a guy that God said, he's actually a man after my own heart. Like, talk about an amazing uh, thing that somebody, that God could say about somebody. And yet David was a person that said, man, God, search me. If I, I got blind spots, there's things that I don't see that you see, God. And Lord, help me, help me to see these things because I don't want to live my life in a way that is hurting other people. I don't want the unhealthiness of my relation, of myself to hurt my relationships around me. Because here's the deal. Sometimes we can take, we take the unhealthy stuff in our lives and we can bring it into relationships and we can hurt those that, are, that, are, that we care mostly about around us. We can hurt those people that we care deeply about. So why not say, hey, I want to I I get better. I need the truth about who I really am, the condition of my soul, so I can be better. But number two, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. And that is the second thing, the root that we need to get healthy, is I'm calling the root of vulnerability. The root of vulnerability. Now let me just say this. This isn't my favorite one. Because whenever I heard, hear the word vulnerability, like, I'm always thinking about, like, people sitting around a campfire holding hands, crying, and snotty Kleenexes getting passed around. Like, that's, like, no thank you. Like, that's, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not me. And, and, and yeah, I realized some things that, about vulnerability that are really, really important to our lives. That, that you know, that here's the deal. I think that one of the greatest tools of the enemy is that if he can keep you silent, he can keep you broken. That if the enemy can keep you silent, where you're not being vulnerable and, and opening up at times and talking to people, if he can keep you silent, 
then a lot of times he can keep you broken. I've learned a lot of times that in a lot of people's families, we've learned and programmed, well, we don't talk about those types of things. And, and you, you kind of sweep those under the rugs. And we don't, we don't really, we don't mention that around that person. And, and it's amazing because we are not being vulnerable and opening up at times where we really begin to get the, the healthiness that we need. And so people just kind of hold it in. We hold in our emotions. We hold in our thoughts. We don't talk about stuff. We hold in our frustrations. And we're never vulnerable with anybody. We never say anything. And, and people will say, you know, especially men, you know, well, vulnerability can be a sign of weakness and you got to be strong. I would say no. Vulnerability is actually a sign of being wise. When you say, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is, this is what's happening in my life. I need to talk to somebody. Because I, I, if, if the enemy can keep you silent, he can keep you broken. Look what 2 Corinthians says. It says it this way. The Apostle Paul is talking and he says this. He goes, but we have this treasure. So he said, we have this amazing treasure. What does he mean by that? He's talking about the gospel. He's talking about Jesus the fact that God loves you and that wants to give you a great life and that, that there is no way to heaven but through him. Like we have this amazing treasure through Jesus Christ, but it's in something fragile. It's in these jars of clay, it says, that, that you and I are like these jars of clay, that we're just these fragile things. He says, but why did God put something so valuable, a treasure, into something so fragile? And he says it this way. He did this to show that his all-surpassing power is from God, and it's not from us. It's not from us at all. So, so, that, so that we can go through life understanding that, yeah, I don't have all the answers. I make mistakes. I, I mess up from time to time. I, I don't do the right thing, and, and yet I'm, I'm, I'm not a strong person all the time. I've got some stuff that I need to, to talk through and work through. And that, that it's not, and that if I am, am able to do some great things in this world, it's because of the strength of God. It's because of the wisdom of God. It's because of what God is doing in my life. And, and I'm this, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I've got this treasure, but I'm in a, I'm a jar of clay. I'm fragile. And being able to say at times and being vulnerable and say, you know what? Yeah, I don't have all the answers. I need some help. I need to talk to somebody about this issue I'm going through. I need to talk to somebody about this relationship I'm in because I don't have all the answers. Being vulnerable helps bring so much healing and health to yourself as well. Look what James 5.16 says, and I, I say this verse a lot, but it's such a good one. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Like I said, the enemy wants you silent and broken, but look at this. God wants you talking and whole. He wants you talking and whole. He wants you talking to people and he wants you whole, but the enemy wants to keep you silent and broken. There's a difference here. And that's why we talk about city groups so often. That's why we want you to be a part of a city group. And listen, I know what the stay at home order right now. The, the, the Zoom city groups are not the same as meeting together. Of course, they're not the same but you still need somebody that you can connect with, somebody you can talk to and say, hey, here's what I'm going through. Here's what, I, here's what I'm struggling with. And it may not happen on that first meeting, but hopefully eventually you can say, hey guys, hey, hey girls, this is, this is what I'm going through right now. This is what's going on in my marriage. This is, I'm struggling with my kids right now. This homeschool thing, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, you know, I'm struggling with, with work. I just got laid off. I'm, I'm dealing with some issues right now. That's why city groups are so important. But you have to be healthy in the sense where 
You say, I, I got to get vulnerable. I got to really let people in. I got to really find some. You don't, have to find, you don't have to tell everybody, but you got to find somebody. You say, man, this is what I'm going through. So I'm t- I need to talk to, about this with somebody. And listen, if you don't have anybody, there are some great, amazing Christian counselors in our area that would love to talk to you. And I, I love it. I see a counselor. I pay somebody to keep my secrets. Come on, somebody. Like, it's like I talk to somebody. I'm like, hey, you know, that's what I'm dealing with. That's what I'm struggling with. I need to talk to somebody about it. If you've ever had somebody come up to you in your life, maybe they're another Christian and said you don't need counseling, uh, I would rebuke them in the name of Jesus because the Bible says we need to open up and talk to others, okay? It is an important thing. There are people that are led by the Spirit that are trained to help you see and get healthy the person that God has created you to be. So find somebody that you can talk to. But then number three, with another root that I think needs to be healthy, is what I'm calling the root of commitment. The root of commitment. And what I mean by that is not like, hey, I'm, a, I'm committed to my relationship, my marriage. And that's good. You should be. But I'm talking about a different commitment. I want to take another different angle at this one. And what I mean by that is I am going to be, I'm going to be committed to growing spiritually. I'm, I'm going to be committed to growing in my faith with Jesus Christ. I think we live in a culture today that almost gives up no matter what, like, like we give up at the slightest sign of, of something that's hard. Like, oh, I don't want to get up that early. Oh, I don't know if I want to go here. Oh, I don't know if I want to read that. Oh, I just uh, we give up. And, and it's amazing that we just kind of live in a culture now where it's just like, if it's too hard or inconvenient, we just say, ah, I'm going to give up. Uh, spiritually stuff, uh, I'm going to give up. I don't know if I understand the Bible. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm just not going to do it. And we can give up so, so easily. But look what Galatians 6, 9 says. It says, let us not become weary in in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. I think there's something so important here that that sometimes you got to get a little old school mentality inside of you where you say, you know what, I'm going to get up no matter what. I'm going to get up when I feel like it. I'm going to get up when I don't feel like it. I'm going to get into God's word when I feel like it. I'm going to get into God's word when I don't feel like it. I am committed to growing spiritually. I'm committed to hearing from God. I'm committed to going after him. I'm not giving up just because I don't feel good today. I'm not giving up just because the, the circumstances aren't right. I'm not giving up just because maybe all of my wildest dreams aren't coming true and I thought God was like Santa Claus up there supposed to answer all my stuff. Now, I'm committed to this thing because I know that true hope lies in him, that, that all my faith is in him, and I can rest in him and knowing that all everything I need is in him. And so I'm not giving. I'm committed to pushing this thing forward. I'm committed to growing spiritually. And at the same time, I think it's important, too, to say I'm not only committed to growing spiritually and being healthy there, but I'm committed to helping you grow spiritually as well. Like, I think we all need people in our circle of friends, somebody that inspires us and helps us to grow even deeper in our walk with Christ. Listen, if you don't have somebody in your circle of friends that inspires you and helps you go deeper in your relationship with God, 
Listen, you need to find somebody and add that person to your circle of friends. Because look, I look at my life and say, how can I help not only myself get spiritually ready, but how can I help other people grow as well? How, how can I help them and challenge them to be the person that God has called them to be? How can I do that and help people in a life-giving way to know that, listen, just because it's hard doesn't mean that they, can, they should give up. Just because they feel discouraged, man, my job is to put courage in them to encourage somebody. Like, that is what our mentality should be. I'm committed to growing spiritually and to helping others grow spiritually as well. Man, we need to have that healthy root in our life. Because here's the deal. You know, you, you can get up to the plate of life and, and you can swing. And, and you, you can swing for a home run every single time. And, and you know what? A lot of times you may strike out. And sometimes the strikeouts of our life cause us to never get back in the batter's box. But listen, if the strikeouts in our life cause us to never get back in the batter box, then we lose. We have to continue to get up there and say, you know what, today I'm gonna swing as best I can. I'm committed to getting back up. I'm committed to going forward. Maybe yesterday I struck out. Maybe yesterday I made a mistake, but today I'm getting back up into the plate because I know that God has destiny for my life and I'm committed, I'm not giving up, to getting this thing going. I'm committed to moving this forward and growing spiritually and helping others as well. And then the last thing is simply this, the last root that I think we need to be, have healthy in our lives is I'm calling the root of pursuit. The root of pursuit. And I'm not talking about pursuing a person in a relationship like that, but I am talking about pursuing your Father in heaven who loves you and it has died for you and wants you to have a best life ever. Listen to what Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, a very famous verse. Jesus is talking, he says, but listen, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I think if we're honest with ourselves, and myself included, sometimes we can seek all these other things and not really seek him. And Jesus is over there saying, hey, <laughs> I'm over here. Like, if you would just come after me, if you would just put, turn your focus towards me, all these other things that you're chasing, now I'll help you accomplish those as well. But I want you to come after me. I want you to come after me and me only. Pursue me in your life and you'll experience the life that you've, ever, that you've always wanted. That doesn't mean that you're not gonna have ups and downs. Man, just if I sit up here and say your life's gonna be perfect by giving your life to Christ, that would not be true. We're all gonna have ups and downs, moments where we feel like, wow, that didn't turn out the way that I expected. But through every turn and every corner of our life, Jesus does promise us that he will be there with us every step of the way. And that when we're pursuing him, things just begin to work out. You can't, I can't explain it. Things just start to really work out when you say, wow, look back on my life and say, man, I can see that even though I had doubts, even though I had struggled, he was there and it all worked out. It was funny, my son came up to me the other day and I'm working in the, my kitchen, my new office, my kitchen table, and he comes down and he's like, dad, so dramatic, I love him. Dad, I got the hiccups, I, I got the hiccups. I, I can't get rid of the hiccups, dad. Like I've tried everything. I, I tried to hold my breath. 
Like I plugged my ears, I plugged my nose, I stood on one foot. I even tried to scare myself, dad. Like nothing is working. I still have the hiccups and they're driving me crazy. Like he's so dramatic, I love it. I don't know where he gets it from. Maybe his mom, I don't know. Uh, he's so dramatic and he's like, dad, I, I don't know what to do. What do I do? And I said, son, I, I got the trick. I know how this is gonna get rid of your hiccups. He's looking at me like, okay, what is it? I, I, I hate these things. So I go get a glass of water, grabs a glass of water. I said, all right, take this Kleenex and I want you to put the Kleenex over top of the cup and I want you to drink the water that's in the cup through the Kleenex three times around the edge of the, uh, the, the cup and, and by the end, your hiccups will be gone. He's like, dad, that'll never work. Wait, good, the Kleenex? You serious? Just try it, just try it. Sure enough, he does it. One, two, three. And he looks at me. And he's like, Dad, they're gone. They're gone. Oh my gosh. It worked. It worked. I can't believe it. And I'm like, yeah, I know it. it works. And he's like, how does it work? Like, how did that work? I don't understand it. How did that work? And listen, there might be a scientific explanation of why that worked. And maybe some of you right now are thinking, you know, like, wow, next time I have the hiccups, I'm going to try that. That's really cool. Come back real quick. Come back to me. Okay. That's a great illustration. Come back. I was trying to explain to him. I said, son, I don't know how it works. It just works. It just works. And that's what I want you to get today. He said, if you wanna have a healthy relationships with people around you, whether it's your wife, your husband, your children, your in-laws, that coworker, oh, there's so many different areas of relationships that we can talk about today. But when you begin to pursue God in your life and you become, become healthy, you, yourself, not the other person, but you become healthy, all of a sudden, things just start to work. I can't explain it all. God's ways are higher than our ways. But things just begin to work. I love what Psalms 34 says. It says this, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Man, that's a great verse. That's a great verse. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So when you're seeking the Lord, he'll give you the, the, the ability to say, you know what, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I wanna put truth in my life. I wanna, I'm gonna get the, the courage to say, okay, how am I really perceived? What, what, how do I really act? Is my condition of my soul, is it just unhealthy? When you're seeking the Lord, pursuing him, he'll give you the courage to do that. At the same time, he'll give you the courage to, to look into other relationships and say, hey, I need to be vulnerable. I need to open up. I need to talk about it. I know my family said never talk about these things and just hold them, you know, sweep them under the rug. But I got to talk about them. I'm struggling right now. He'll give you the courage to do that. At the same time, he'll give you the fortitude to, to be committed in your relationship with God and the strength to do that because when you're pursuing him, you will lack no good thing. So I want to encourage you today that Whatever you may be going through, whatever relationship struggle you may be facing today, yeah, pursue the Lord. Bring a healthy you into every relationship and watch how things begin to get better. That person may not change, but I guarantee you, you'll change. 
your perspective will change and you'll be led by the Holy Spirit instead of your emotions and your, your will, your mindsets, your old thinking. And you'll look at people differently. And I think you'll begin to see them with the eyes of Jesus. And when you see somebody through the eyes of the Lord, it changes everything. Pursuing God, it just works. It just works. Would you pray with me today?